0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome into a special edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan. We call these Spits and Suds one-timers. And it's awesome to have Jeff K. Known Jeff for a while. longtime PA announcer of both the stars. 11 years with the stars. Yeah, and four years now behind the mic of the Dallas Cowboys. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great, Gavin. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, you know, the game presentation, uh, I know a couple of years you guys have been voted uh, the best game presentation in town. And that's a massive compliment. And as many games as I go to, and you know, I started going to games down here about 2004 three, which was prior to Jeff K. And when you took over that spot, I I definitely want to throw a massive stick tap to you. You know, it was seamless because you replaced a long time PA announcer, but it was like a seamless transition and you have become synonymous with the game presentation. So massive stick tap.
2: Well, I, I appreciate that. You know, I've always said, I'm, I'm just a fan who got lucky you know i was a season ticket holder of the dallas stars for a decade before I figured out a way for them to pay me to go to games and (laughs) crazy thing is they bought it. Right. But uh, you know, it started uh, as uh, being the music director because that was the natural connection I had. You know, I was working with the edge in the mid nineties when the stars moved to Dallas in 93, 94. And I was one of the early adapters with the team and being a season ticket holder, you know, they said, wow, we've got somebody in the media who really gets us as a sport. So that, over time uh, developed into a consulting role with the team when they moved to the new building. And then I took over as the music director that evolved into being the in-game host. And because my voice had become familiar to Dallas stars fans in the arena as the in-game host, uh, it seemed like a natural choice to move me into the public address announcer spot when Bill Allerman retired. Yeah. Yeah. Bill, Bill just had that booming pipes. Um, But I, I love your energy,
1: what you bring to bring to the table. So a season ticket holder. When did you
2: actually get into hockey? So uh, I grew up on the East coast. Um, you know, my dad used to take me to uh, New York Rangers games at Madison okay. square garden nice. in the mid to late seventies, original so, six guy. Yeah. So I kind of fell in love with the sport. Then uh, moved to Dallas to go to college in the early eighties, waited for a decade for an NHL team, but followed the sport the whole time. So when the stars moved from Minnesota, you know, I knew all about him. I knew about Mike Madonno. I, I was really excited to have an NHL team. So uh, you know, I caught the bug at an early age. but um, you know, seeing those games at, at the premier arena in the world at, at Madison Square Garden, especially as a child, was something that i I never forgot. How much did that
1: knowledge translate into what you do today? Because, you know, I mean, I grew up on hockey myself, but, You know, at the same time, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And I think that's what you have to do to, you know, get to get to the top, you know, and it's just one of those interesting, you know, facts, because, you know, there are things that happen during the game that if you're in your chair, not knowledgeable about the game, you know, because
2: it's not like you have five minutes to get the understanding. Correct. You know, as as a public address announcer in the National Hockey League, there are are certain requirements, a certain role you play that is quite different to being a a PA announcer in the NBA or or even the NFL. You know, quite honestly, I, I pinch myself. I never really had any public address experience prior to taking over for the Stars but I was a fast adapter and I knew the sport and I knew what to look for and what to listen for. And then once I kind of got into the repetition of knowing exactly what to say and when to say it, I still made mistakes, but thankfully the star stuck with me. And over time it becomes like anything. It's a muscle that you continue to to, to build and, and practice makes perfect. Yeah. So when you say practice makes perfect, I think You know, one of the things that people
1: may not realize, we we deal with this at 105.3 The Fan, and we do this thing across town called Fan Phenom, where people try out to become the next fan host. And one of the things they quickly realize is the prep that goes into it. So take us through a game day and what you do as far as prep. And I'm also interested, is there vocal warm ups for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, by the time that I've got a game ready you know at seven o'clock face mm-hmm. off uh, i've already been on the radio myself i do afternoons yep. uh, across town i don't know yeah. if i can mention it <laughs> but uh you know i'm on the classic rock station yep. in dallas so my my voice i feel is warmed up where i run into some problems is when we've got a noon kickoff for the cowboys you know then i've got morning voice and i've really got to do some vocal exercises to make sure i'm ready to go by noon but yeah again it's it's like anything uh The more reps you get, the more prepared you get, the better you're gonna be. So I will get the rosters for the teams first thing in the morning. The Stars PR crew is fantastic. By the time I wake up, I've already got an email in my inbox, it shows me who the Stars are playing that night, how many goals, how many assists, how many points each player has. I'll go through the roster, Uh, I'll see which players I may or may not be unfamiliar with. I'll make sure I've got the pronunciations down. Uh, If there's something I'm not sure about, Uh, We've actually got a a wonderful network, the PA Brotherhood in the National Hockey League, where we uh, share uh, ideas and we share information and we also share pronunciations. We actually have a clandestine website that we use where we can go and pick a team and that team gives you pronunciations of the current roster that's voiced by the public address announcer himself so you know it's going to be accurate.
1: Are those pronunciations... Determined by the player or the team. And that's going to lead me to my follow-up question.
2: Well, by the time we get it from the public address announcer of that team, we understand that they've gone through, you yeah. know, the, the the hoops of figuring out. You know, we've we've had some issues, a guy like Evgeny Dodonov. That was he's my next a, question. Is that your question? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so he's he's been through a couple of different pronunciations in his career. You know, he started with Dodonov, then it was Dadanoff, but last year. Um, Josh and Razor pinned him down in the locker room and they sent us a recording. Now, the, the thing that I laughed about was the recording was him saying it one time and it was very quick. It was almost like, they're going to hit it on off. <laughs> Wait, what? I had to listen to it again. They're going to hit it on off. So. I mean, you could hear Dadanoff, but yeah. no, it's Dadanoff. And that's what we're going with is that getting okay. Yes.
1: Okay. Because on this podcast, we say Dadanoff, Dadanoff almost on a nightly basis. You know, the other one that Sean says, because my co host went over to Finland and he said, no, this is the correct pronunciation, Heishkinen, not Haiskinen. So tell me how you got to announcing Miro.
2: Uh, So that, again, came from PR. And what I've learned, uh, my way in the world through the Dallas Stars is more successful when I just imitate Razor. So if if Razor says it a certain way, I'm going to say it that way, and I know I'm safe. So Razor uh, has been saying Miro Heiskanen. I can understand that there are some, uh, you know, maybe Finnish intricacies with the name. Uh, If you were in Finland, you might hear Finnish people saying Heiskanen. But here in Dallas, we're going to say Miro Hayskinen.
1: Got it. Is there a, you talked about a national brotherhood. Is there a brotherhood among PA announcers here in Dallas, Fort Worth? Oh, sure. I I, I know you show up for two.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the, uh, you know, the game presentation staff with the stars, is is uh, shared with the Cowboys, is shared with the Mavericks, is shared with the Rangers. It's a very small, close-knit group of folks. You'll find that, um, you know, a lot of the same camera people work at the various venues. Uh, you know, the, the fact that I get to do Cowboys and Stars is a blessing, uh, but I know Sean Heath very well. He does the Mavericks. He also works with me at the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, the great Chuck Morgan. Yeah. World series champion, Chuck Morgan uh, is in charge at the Texas Rangers games. And I think for the rest of us, when we, we all grow up, we want to be as good as Chuck.
1: And I think people are happy for the playoffs and we all are players, but we all are, but you know, players come and go, but I bet it was extra special for you. I know, you know, having dealt with Chuck and Chuck's amazing. And we talk all the time, either via email or seeing him in person and it's, That one hit me. There were two that hit me right away. I immediately thought of Eric Nadell, and I thought of Chuck Morgan. And of course I thought of John Blake, you know, Angie Swint, people behind the scenes that maybe our listeners don't know, but I mean, you know, these people grind day in and day out for 30 plus years. I I mean, just as special as it is from the athletes, probably receiving that ring is going to be extra special for those people.
2: Yeah, a couple of years ago, you know, Chuck uh, was inducted into the Rangers Hall of yeah. Fame. Uh, I was there for that game. I wanted to make sure that I was there to congratulate him. And he's, sp- you know, when he uh, made his speech there that day, he specifically mentioned that there was still one step left to take, not just for the franchise, but for him personally. Yeah. And then recently at the uh, the parade and the celebration, he mentioned waiting 40 years to call them world series champs yeah and a part of me you know I, I felt warm inside because hopefully you know if all things work out uh someday i'll be able to say the same for the dallas stars and the dallas cowboys
1: absolutely yeah you know and i think chuck has been asked about you know retirement and i mean a lot of people don't know chuck you know i mean we're in the same business together jeff You know, Chuck was an extremely successful radio DJ before he got into PA announcing. Yep. You know, Chuck came up with the dot races um, that it was great to see people dressed up as the dots at the parade. Um, So, I mean, you know, he does so many things behind the scenes. So I know he was asked about, you know, retiring and he said, no, you know, I need to see that banner go up, but I also need a year of saying World Series champions. And I think that's so cool from your vantage point behind the microphone that you guys take extra pride in saying that word championship.
2: I think one thing you want to do as a public address announcer is you want to make sure that you uh, are able to put your mark on the game presentation without getting in the way. I mean, when we think of Texas Rangers baseball, we think of Chuck Morgan, we think of It's baseball time in Texas. That's pretty good. I like it. That's him, right? So how could you possibly replace that? I certainly wouldn't want to. Uh, Thankfully, uh, we talked about it earlier, you know, Bill Allerman was a beloved part of the Dallas Stars presentation. And when you think of that 99 Cup team, you think of Bill's big, booming voice. So at first, you know, the first couple of seasons taking over for Bill, I was nervous. I was worried that maybe I, I wouldn't be able to fill those shoes. But I stopped worrying about it and realized what can I do myself to put my imprint on this game and maybe yeah. create some things that are new to the presentation myself. Uh, there was no power play call during uh, Bill Allerman's I'm era. Just about to bring that up. Yep, you know your Dallas Stars are on the, and then letting the crowd scream power play yes. was something that uh, we introduced during my tenure. Uh, also introducing the countries. Uh, of origin, the birthplaces of the players prior to their names during intros is something that happened during my tenure. Uh, And I I really take pride in making sure that when I introduce Yanni Hakenpa that I say, Kirkanami, Finland. So those are things that I'm able to do to put my unique stamp on the presentation that hopefully... you know, it makes it even more difficult for for people to think about somebody else filling that role like it is with Chuck.
1: Are there any stories of people
2: from Finland or another country that have heard you and said, thank you? Yes, and have coached me. You know, uh, my PA perch now, I'm no longer at center ice, Uh, That's a whole other story, but I'm now uh, in section 110 uh, and I've got a little uh, setup there where I've got some uh, monitors and it's it's a really nice setup and fans can come talk to me. It's also close to the section where the stars, uh, wives, girlfriends and players sits in 110. And so I've got all of the Finns and their families next to me. And, uh, you know, I I got some help, especially on Rope Hintz's city, which is spelled T-A-M-P-E-R-E, which could be tampere, tampere. Yep. But uh, w- one of uh, of uh, Rope's family members came up to me and he goes, Jeff, do you want to say it correctly? I said, Of course I do. He said, All right. Well, you need to say tampere. I'm, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> so you almost have to swallow the T. Yeah. It's not tampere. It's Tomper. It's tampere. Tampere, Finland. Okay. All right. So I do my best when I introduce Rope. Stampede Finland number twenty four. Yep. Rope hints.
1: Nice, nice. So, growing up as a fan and making that tradition, you know, transition. Does the fan ever still come out in you?
2: Oh yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I decided once the the league uh, made that decision during COVID that public address announcers uh, yeah. would need to be jettisoned from rinkside. Uh, And we really couldn't argue because half the guys in the league weren't even at ringside to begin with. A lot of them were in the press box. That was my option. They said, Jeff, you could either go up to the press box, which would be, you you know, you've sat in the press box. It's really far away, Yep. and I can easily get distracted. Uh, Or you can stay in the lower bowl, but you're going to be close to the fans, and you have a chance to have the fans come up and be next to you, and they could distract you there. And I didn't even have to think about it. You know, starting out as a fan of the Dallas Stars and a season ticket holder, it was a no-brainer. Also on games like the blackout games, I get to wear my blackout jersey. You know, I get to host the watching parties for the Dallas Stars. So, yeah, Yeah, sometimes I'll get in trouble. Fan first, public address (laughs) announcer second. Uh, One story I like to remind folks about was the night that Jamie Benn scored four points to win the Art Ross Trophy. So I was still at center ice doing my public address announcing that night. And when Jamie Ben broke the record to win the trophy, uh, you know, there's photos of Jamie hugging all the players and they kind of drifted in a player hugging circle right by the penalty box. And all the photos of Jamie hugging, you know, uh, all the players that were there to congratulate him you see me in the background going like this <laughs> on the glass that's great while the off-ice official is staying very professional sitting down he's got his pen you know he's writing the information i'm on the glass
0: going Aah!
2: wow so that, that will always be captured forever as a very unprofessional moment in my public address announcer career but you know what i don't care yeah. <laughs> you You were the Nick Maroc, the sign guy, of- yes, yeah, I didn't bang. I didn't bang. God love Nick, But, uh, yeah, I was definitely cheering. sometimes i I have to remember that, um, you know, there is some, Decorum, let's say, that I have to maintain. That's one of the benefits, really, of not being in the penalty box. If there is a benefit of not being that close, it's that I can scream and hoot and holler and high five everybody when they score. And I love that.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you've met so many, but one of the things I love about going to the games and doing this podcast is the relationship of the fans to the team and how dedicated they are. Because we have to be honest, this is Dallas Fort Worth and, you know, stars hockey. You know, hasn't always been at the top. And it's one of those. That's why one of the reasons that we do this podcast with Ludwig and Sean Shapiro. And, you know, we say we're trying to grow the great game because and we get feedback and people are almost afraid to ask questions like, when does it become icing? And now I'm seeing the more openness to send a question and not being afraid based on us answering the question and saying, you know, that's a really good question because this can be a difficult game to learn at times. Yeah. So there must be some amazing relationships you have with the Stars Faithful.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, the Stars have always had a very small <laughs> there's bowie my dog he's very oh excited yeah i got one in the background team. too <laughs> yeah um so no the stars have always had a very small but passionate group of fans and uh very knowledgeable and i think now that we've had some uh you know some playoff success recently yeah. uh, you're even seeing it even more you know we've we've sold out the lower bowl Amazing. we've sold out the platinum level and along with that uh, you really increase your home ice advantage And, uh, you know, I encourage people to come to a stars watching party. If you haven't been to one, they're a lot of fun. And you'll meet many of our hardcore fans, guys like Mullet Mike and and Matt Mayday Day and the guys that come to every event and and bleed victory green for us. I I don't know if you saw, but Joe Pavelski dressed up as Mullet Mike for Halloween this year. And that was a real. Yeah, that was a real tribute to one of our most passionate fans. So,
1: Matt. Uh, came down and met me in between one of the periods and Great brought his girlfriend. Great guy.
2: Yeah. They dress and, up as the Mandalorian, right? Yes, That's a, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: the amazing thing that Matt was saying is that despite being together, they refuse to give up their tickets because they're in different sections. Oh, so they actually like take turns. I'll be in your section. And Matt says, when I really want to concentrate on the game, I stay in my section. And I think it's, Oh, man, I wrote it down. He's he's well over a 1,000 games now. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think okay. he just celebrated a 1,000. You know, that's the one thing I never kept track of. I, I need to go back and keep track of my games. But, yeah, I, I love Matt Day. He was one of the original Havoc fanatics. That was a, yeah. a pet project of mine in the mid-aughts where we actually tried to create a hooligan section at the American Airlines Center. The one up uh, top. Actually, 332, I believe. I remember it.
1: It was great.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, through us, I think, you know, through the the lockouts and the threat of bankruptcy and all that, that kind of diminished. But all those people are still in the arena, though they're not all kind of over in one section anymore. I, but I, that's a great guy. And this predates you, but I've never heard the story. Have you got the word as far
1: as when the stars chant during the Star Spangled Banner started and why it started?
2: You know, I don't know the actual story. I just think it's one of those things where Mm -hmm. uh, fans are always looking for something to own. And, you know, when we had UC Okun in playing for the team, they chanted UC during, oh, say, can you see? I mean, fans are always just trying to find something that they can embrace, whether it's to try to dig at the opposing team. Uh, you know, the St. Louis Blues, the land of the free and the home of the blues, they yep, like to yep. do that. And the Red Wings will chant red and the Vegas Golden Knights will scream night. So uh, I love it. You know, I, to me, you can't have enough fan interaction. It's a reason we, we decided to introduce the power play call. We wanted another chance yeah. for fans to have an opportunity to not only wake up and pay attention, but to get loud in the arena. So getting back to that, just the cadence alone
1: created something. And was that a bunch of people in the room that, cause I mean, it would be very simple to say on the power play, but you know, the on the power play, and then that music, the sting hits and it's like, wow, that really hits home. Um, you know, when, how long did it take for it to take hold with the fans?
2: So once we decided we were going to do a a power play call, we spent a season of just me saying the entire thing on the power play with that cadence so we could get the Stars fans accustomed to hearing it. Then uh, after a full season of that under our belt, uh, we actually uh, incorporated uh, the folks at Stars Live. Uh, Then I think it was on Fox Sports Southwest prior to Bally's and they did a, a game presentation feature for the stars, Uh, I think it was right in the preseason, Julie Dobbs was the host, Julie Forbes, Julie Dobbs. And she uh, actually helped me do a segment where we educated the fans. We said, hey, this season, and we're gonna practice in preseason, I'll say on the, and we're counting on you guys to say power play. So, you know, it was touch and go for a while. And for that first season, I might preface it by saying, all right, Stars fans, I start it, you finish loud you know, with the St. Louis penalty powered by TXU energy, your Dallas stars are on the, uh, Oh yeah. I need to finish loud power play.
1: Nice. Nice. So you're with the stars doing well. How did the Cowboys gig? Um, cause Roger Emmerich was, uh, one of my yeah. employees. I had a special relationship with Roger and, uh, you know, his son Ted is doing amazing things, but Roger was a character among characters And, uh, you know, I always said, when you see Roger, he's going to be the nicest guy, but make sure you have a half hour. (laughs) So you can so you can hear about the who playing in the night, you know, in the 1970s in the Montreal Forum. I mean, you know, we could do a whole podcast
2: about how great Roger is, but I'll I'll try to make the long story short. Yeah, Uh, it goes back to uh, 2012. I was still the in-game host for the Stars. And, uh, like I said, the, uh, the game presentation people in DFW are very fraternal. We all know each other. Uh, Matt Coy was the director of presentation for the Cowboys at that time. He was also a big San Jose Sharks fan Mm. because I think he actually did some work for San Jose at the time. Matt also produced, uh, NHL games for the Olympics. I believe now he handles the New York Rangers. He's good. Uh, so at the time, (laughs) uh, Matt said, Hey, uh, I want to come to a game stars sharks. So, okay. All right. So we're going to get Matt tickets to see the star sharks. So after the game, Matt goes, Hey, uh, I saw you do an in-game host. W- would you be interested in doing that for the Cowboys? I said, uh, let me think about that for a while. Okay. Mm. So, uh, yeah. he had me out to the stadium where I had to uh, audition for Charlotte Jones, Jerry's daughter, Charlotte, yeah. who's in charge of, all the marketing and everything game presentation ultimately goes through Charlotte. And they had me look at uh, games they were doing up on the big Jerry vision screen. And I basically just had to narrate what I thought would be a fun game based on what I was seeing. And then uh, I, she wasn't there. She was up in some suite and then uh, Matt's like, he had her on the phone. Okay. Do it again this time, a little slower. Uh, Saw it, paced myself a little bit more all right this time do it a little faster did it again did a little bit faster Mm -hmm. didn't hear anything for a couple of days and then matt called and said well you got the job Mm. so then i was in game host for the cowboys uh for uh about uh six seven seasons and then we lost roger and brad larock do you know brad larock yes absolutely it was a multi-faceted pa presentation with the cowboys Uh, Brad did the marketing announcements. Hey, Cowboys fans get a scratch off ticket from the Texas lottery. And, you know, Roger did the, you know, Dak Prescott's pass complete, uh, you know, whoever, Uh, Jason Witten at the time. Uh, So they shared the load. So when both of them passed, um, they held a a small uh, audition. It was me and about six other people. And again, to me, the Cowboys could have done a nationwide or an international search. They're the number one franchise in the world. They deserve to have the best public address announcer in the world. But it was one of us six people. And it just goes to show that sometimes, you know, it's it's based on how well you work with people and dance with the devil who brung you, I guess. because. Yeah. I was very nonchalant about it. I thought I would get Brad's part. I can do the marketing job. In fact, I used to replace Brad when, when Brad wouldn't come in for uh, uh, preseason games, and I do the, the the TV host part. Uh, so I thought, yeah, I can get this this marketing part of it. I don't know who's going to get the play-by-play. So after we did the auditions, uh, uh, Corey Miller, who's now in charge of the uh, the Cowboys, uh, he called and he said, "Well, you got it." I said, "Really? That's great." Uh, who's going to do the play by play part? He goes, no, that that's you. I wow. said, "What?" I said, yeah, Charlotte really liked the way you did it. And basically, I just did it very nonchalant. I wasn't over the top. I wasn't screaming. It was Zeke Elliott, ten yards, second, you know, second down, that kind of thing. And apparently, that's what they were looking for. They didn't want a screamer. They wanted somebody who was very reserved. That's the way the Cowboys' PA had always been handled. Yep. And so I said, "Well, who's going to do the marketing?" And Corey said, "Well, would you want to do it too?" I said, "Well, that's t- two jobs, right?" He said, "Yes." Yeah. Well, can I get paid for two jobs? <laughs> so anyway, we tr- we tried it during preseason, and it's yep. stuck ever since. So yeah, I, I, I it's basically the Jeff K show from the time you get into the stadium till wow. till the end. And so yeah, I'm doing all the play by play and the marketing. But uh, one more thing about Roger. Roger had a podcast which was on Vocal, uh, the the platform. Yep. And I was one of his first guests on the podcast. Now, if you know anything about my radio history, I've been through fifteen chapters. You know, I started out as the one on the original alternative DJs on the edge in sure. the nineties. Remember that I was I was a big rave DJ in the mid nineties. I went to California and worked for the country's first all techno rave station, the Lizard Lounge, and Jeff so, K. You know, it's we always just work at the Lizard Lounge exactly. And then I came back, and then I was a classic rock DJ, which yeah. I still am today. So Roger wanted me on his podcast, and he basically went to my vanity site, jeffk.net, where I have a bio which explains all the various chapters of my elongated radio career. And he conducted a podcast with me like he knew me for 35 years. He was so well prepared. And he said, so Jeff, you spent two years in California, and you called that techno summer camp, didn't you? Now, why did you call it that? And I was like, oh, my God yeah he, you know he spent all this time getting prepared for a silly interview with stupid me but that's just how how Roger was and <laughs> I miss him every day and I put a little bit of Roger in some of my calls at AT&T Stadium just a little bit of Cowboys just a yeah. little Cowboys in there just as a tribute to Roger
1: yeah is there one hockey game during the season that psychs you up obviously we have boston coming up and that's a crazy crowd and anytime the original six comes in including the new york rangers um it's pretty awesome but you know is there a selected team that you say all right this is a great night
2: you know what's funny is uh vegas has has become uh, quickly uh one of our Uh, biggest adversaries i'd say just based on what we've had playoff wise with them recently uh it's always fun when an original six team comes in because they don't come very often if it's a toronto or a boston or a new york and you know you'll see a lot of fair weather fans in the in the stadium uh you know that their fans travel well so it's always fun to have a rivalry used to be you'd get the same thing with the blackhawks and the red wings fans um, but these days I feel like, you know, selling out the lower bowl and, and, the, and the platinum that, that yeah. our fans have really stepped up to the challenge. So we, we don't have those nights where we feel outnumbered. Uh, I really do look forward to the New Year's Eve game. Uh, That's always fun. And I also look forward to the hockey fights cancer night as we all know somebody who's, who's passed from, from cancer. And it's a chance for me to, to put on a suit and the lavender tie, which I I rarely get dressed up in a suit. So that's always fun. So I don't know if Roger would ask this question, but we're hard hitting here on spits and
1: suds. How do you juggle the bathroom and being a PA
2: announcer? Uh, it's much more difficult for the Dallas Cowboys than it is for the stars. Uh, thankfully, you know, we've got Selena Ray as one of our in-game hosts, and we've also introduced a second in-game host this season, a guy by the name of Jersey Goldman. He goes yeah. by the name Jersey. Uh, so uh, they've actually freed me up for some of my reads during intermission, so okay. I can I can use intermission time wisely. Uh, now, for the Cowboys, it's halftime unless, like, last weekend where we had the uh, – DeMarcus Ware induction ceremony at halftime in the Cowboys Ring of Honor. And I had to announce that entire thing. I, th- I think I had about 90 seconds. So, you know, as soon as that last line was read, I slammed the headphones down and ran as fast as I could and I think managed to get back as the ball was in the air being kicked off for the wow. third quarter. Wow. So how do
1: you juggle your schedule as far as, you know, do you run into many conflicts? Uh,
2: thankfully, no. The The Stars have always been smart that they've never or I think they think ahead and it would be unwise to have a stars game going head to head with a Cowboys game, especially in Dallas. Uh, So uh, there's only been one or two conflicts uh, the entire, you know, decade that I've worked for the Cowboys. Uh, One of them uh, I had back surgery and I had to miss. In fact, that was the last time the Cowboys lost a home game. Uh, That was the first game of the regular season last year. Yep. Uh, and, uh, so lesson learned, you know, I can never miss another Cowboys game again, apparently. <clears throat> and, uh, with the stars, uh, I want to say it was a preseason stars game that conflicted with the Cowboys game. And because I told you that a lot of the same people work for both teams, uh, thankfully, uh, my director of game presentation for the stars, Kevin Harp, who's a wonderful guy, great guy, one of the best in the business. Uh, he also works for the Cowboys on certain games. So, he let me slide on that one. Now, had it been flipped, had it been a stars playoff game versus a Cowboys preseason game, I probably would have had to take the stars, but I don't think the schedule would work out that way. So long story short, there's been maybe two conflicts in about a decade. So it's not something I have to worry about.
1: So let's get a little nerdy as far as the in-game presentation. So is there someone next to you that is, do they have an earpiece and are they getting the call as far as because it's pretty quick as far as, you know, two minutes tripping and then your announcement. Right. so How, how does that process work? Because I think a lot of stars fans always wonder that.
2: Right. So, uh, and again, that's one of the, yeah. uh, the benefits of being at center ice is that I'm actually sitting next to the yeah. off ice officials And uh, they're my lifeline. I really can't say anything as far as goals or penalties until it's given to me by the off-ice officials. Now that I'm away from center ice and I'm away from the off-ice officials, I'm by myself at my PA perch in section 110, uh, but I have a comm unit where I have a a bank of buttons. Each button is dedicated to one person. One is for Kevin Harb, uh, one is for Shippy, our music guy, one is for off-ice officials. So as soon as it's a penalty, I generally know what it's going to be because not only am I watching on ice there but I'm also listening in my headphones one of my channels on my comm unit is the broadcast so I'm hearing Josh and Razor and they'll tell me right away who scored the goal or or what the penalty is so I'll pencil it in and that way when the off-ice officials say you know that's uh, Mason Marchment 2 minutes for roughing time of the penalty 342 Then as soon as the puck drops, I'll announce it. We can go with the power play call when it's a penalty on the opposing team as soon as the ref announces it. So as soon as the ref says penalty, uh, you know, San Jose Sharks, number three, Kevin Harp says, all right, Jeff, go make the power play call. Then the puck drops. Then it's San Jose penalty, number three, two minutes holding, time of the penalty, et cetera, et cetera.
1: There have been cases when consecutive
2: goals have been
1: scored within seconds. Is there a method that you wait to call both? Like, you know, I've seen it. Let's just use San Jose as an example. You know, Sharks shark score, and then, you know, the stars, let's say, I, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds later, score a goal. So now you have two goals to announce. How
2: does that process work? Uh, the general rule is just to try to get them announced as quickly as possible. So as soon as we get the information, we're going to want to get it out there. Uh, in the event that, um, you know, it's it's two goals back to back, if I can get both of them, uh, I'm still going to announce them one at a time. You know, the first Sharks goal scored by, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll wait and have Kevin Harp tell me, all right, go for the second one. We never would announce two consecutive, one at a time. And in order, I don't think I would announce the the goal that was scored more recently prior to the one that was scored prior.
1: Yeah. All right. So you said Las Vegas Knights, are we going to have a guy go on the ice and dress up and Take down the other person like that yeah. pregame presentation.
2: <laughs> I think that's what's beautiful about the Vegas presentation yeah. is it could only happen in Vegas. Yeah, and so there are some things every year that you know we at the Dallas Stars and and specifically uh, Kevin Harp and Jonathan Monet and and uh, the brain trust with the Stars as far as the game presentation uh, try to do to really you know embrace all that is Texas. Uh, this year we've got a bit of a Yellowstone theme going with our introductions a bit of a Sam Elliott voiceover with the videos, which, you know, again, is something that, you know, a a team in Detroit could not do. And we want to embrace Texas hockey. Um, You know, I'm sure you've noticed the past couple of seasons, that's been the hashtag on social media. Right. Um, Would we like to see another team eventually come to Texas in Houston? Maybe San Antonio. Sure. Uh, Would we want to own the entire state of Texas and maybe (laughs) Head them off at the pass with a hashtag years yeah. out with Texas hockey. We might just want to do that as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, especially, you know, I mean, Stars fans are so fortunate right now. And this really hasn't happened in a while where you have current team excelling and you're ready for the future. You know, yeah. Like uh, Excel, Stank Open, Maverick Bork.
2: I mean, it's just the Texas Stars are a great watch right now. Yeah, no, I mean we were worried for a while that how would this team make the transition? You know, they were they were aging a little bit, you know. What's who's gonna be next after Ben and Sagan? And yeah. then, you know, we had that wonderful draft where we got Otter and we got Miro and we got Robo, and and now they're almost the leaders for the next generation of the the Stan and the the Bixels and Yeah, yeah, I really feel like Jim Nil's done a fantastic job of bridging the gap and uh, really stocking the pond. I mean, I feel like, you know, knock on wood again, injuries are inevitable, but uh, would we love to see Logan Stankhoven get a shot? But Yes, but we don't want to put that pressure on him to make him feel like he has to perform like he's been performing. Uh, Let it become organic. I think what we saw with Wyatt Johnston last year was an anomaly, but he's proven no sophomore slump. The kid has just been unbelievable. If he doesn't lead the stars currently, he's near the top in scoring
1: yeah yeah absolutely and the bruins coming in monday have a uh, same thing a player that made the jump 19 years old and i think he's playing on the second line of the bruins right now but boy exciting times uh it's it's pretty awesome um matt duchene is worth every single cent so it's uh it's uh it's awesome what's happening in dallas and you're a massive part of it and uh, i'm so glad the spits and suds listeners got to hear from you because You know, you are a major part of the presentation. And while several of my questions were simplistic um, at the same time, these are things that I've always wondered. And uh, I did two Dallas burn PA games at the old cotton ball. Yeah, absolutely. It's the most fun I've had. I could not roll my R's, Jeff.
2: (laughs) That cost me. That, yeah, that cost me. I enjoy all the r's in Robertson and and, and Rope <laughs> and and Radic. Yeah, no, I I embrace that for sure and again, I I still I still can't believe that uh, you know, I I've, I've become the conduit between the action on the ice and the fans yeah. in the arena for a game that you know, I I've grown up my entire life loving and that uh, you know, if I wasn't a Dallas Stars employee, I would certainly be in the stands as a fan anyway. And, and uh, that, that's why I'm really uh, excited to to share as much as we possibly can about what goes on with game presentation. So, you know, if you want to know more, uh, I'm at the arenas in section 110. I have a little more time pre warm up. If you want to get in there early, come by the, the PA perch. I'd love to talk to you and show you what it is that I do. Uh, I'm also available on social media at Jeff K underscore stars. You can uh, reach out to me there. Uh, also um, we don't have any watching parties on the books yet, but I'm hearing rumblings of some getting uh, scheduled pretty quick. So bookmark the website at DallasStars.com. Come nice. to a watch party. Uh, we can, uh, you know, share an icy cold one and we can talk all about uh all the fun stuff, Dallas stars game presentation and what we need from you, the fans to make it even better. Absolutely. And Jeff, if you could do
1: us a favor when you're walking through those stars hallways, if you could just drop like a, Hey, I think Ludwig should be in the stars hall of fame.
2: Mm, Hey, let me ask you, Gavin, who, who is next in the, you know, we just saw hitch and, and, and Eddie, the Eagle, who would be your next player and your next founder, man. Is, or builder or whatever they call it is Newandike in yet? No, yeah, I th- I, th- I
1: think Joe Newandike. The Conn to be Smythe that. winner from the '99 team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think I think that's that's special. I honestly. I would put, and this is why, like I joke about it, but you know, Craig was such an important factor just in the room with that team that I think he needs to go in. I mean, he's a two-time Stanley cup winner. I think Craig Ludwig goes
2: in, not just for all that, but for the fact that there wouldn't have been a Pantera puck off without Craig Ludwig. Yeah. 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 And that story has been changed and
1: it's gone from a courier to a private plane. And, uh, you know, I asked Luds about that the other day and and It was absolutely amazing how he told the story and I don't want to do it wrong, but the fact that when he said to me on the podcast that Hitchcock came in the room and Ludwig spoke up and said, we're not moving. And Hitchcock had choice words and said, get your, you know, on the ice. And I said, we're not moving. And he goes, I hear the songs in the arena. And when we hear it, because it's going to play shortly, then we'll get up. And he said, as soon as that music hit, it was synonymous. All the
2: players rose at once and went on the ice. And again, that's another thing about the Stars presentation that no other team can do, right? Yeah. No other yeah. team can play a song that says Dallas Stars. And so we uh, we owe a, a great debt to Vinny and Dime and, and the Pantera boys. And that story of 99 is much like the Nirvana show at Trees in 1991, where now everybody says they were there, but Trees at capacity was maybe 400 people. Yeah, yeah, you probably and, weren't there, so don't yeah. tell me about it. And, and
1: you know what? Maybe as as the Cup team, you know, gets into the hall, maybe Vinnie Paul gets in someday. I no, know the that posthumous team.
2: tribute. Yes, absolutely.
1: absolutely. I like it. You know, because it's I part like of it. Star's history, and so many people. You know, and and I got a chance to talk to Vinny before he passed. Yep. And still was a passionate fan.
2: Oh yeah. And Season ticket holder would come yeah. to games, would do this yeah. with us on the screen. You know, my passion was to try to get hell yeah to do a, a an updated version of it. Oh yeah. But I never broached it because I thought, well, you know, how can you improve on the original and blasphemy to try to think that. Anything you know? Whatever it's, I just would like a a better quality version of it. I feel maybe that's the appeal too—is the fact that it's just so raw. And it might be a generation of a generation of a generation of an MP3 that we play at this point. But maybe Ludwig can give me that original CD, and we can re-record it into this. If if he had that, that would be one thing. (laughs) Maybe that's at the bottom of the pool too. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I asked him where his shin
1: guards were, and he—I don't even know if he knows. And the those are in the Hall of Fame, right? No, you didn't know that? Well, that's something else we need to get done. okay, Okay, so, no, the Hall of Fame kept calling him. Oh, okay. And, you know, leaving him messages. And, I mean, they were barraging him. Like, Craig, we want the shin guards. Craig, we want the shin guards. So, finally, he saw that they were calling. He picks up, and he says, I just want to let you know, you can have the shin guards, but the person who wore them has to go as well. And he says they never called him back. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, it's just a—he's it, just an awesome dude, you know. Yeah. It's just the, the and he's story. real. And that's
2: a, you know that's a thing. Yeah. You know, he's one of those throwback. Oh yeah. You know, old time hockey. Yeah. Guys yeah. that, uh you know, oh, slap yeah. Gordy Howe, Craig Ludwig, right? Old time hockey.
1: Yeah, we do these charity dinners together, and people will lean over, and it's like, wow, you know, he. He really goes at you, even off the podcast. I'm like, yeah, he's a dick. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. (laughs) I love Luds, man. Yeah, I do too, as well, Well, Jeff. All right, now you convinced me. You convinced me. I think we need to get him in next year for sure. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not on the panel. I'm not on the committee, much to my chagrin. I also want to make clear that even though I am the voice in the arena, I am just a game night employee. I don't work for the stars during the day. I'm not there nine to five. Uh, I show up and they tell me what's going to happen. And it's my job to bring the excitement and convey yeah. the excitement through my presentation. Um, I am not the all knowing and all being for star stuff. They they will listen if I have a suggestion. So yeah, I'll, I'll throw out Craig's name for sure. Yeah. Craig, Marty Turco. I think uh, Turco should go uh, into yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: hockey night in Canada still talks about Turco and his stick handling. Yep. And, and by the way, they still call him Sagan. <laughs> which is fascinating too yeah and medano you'll never get over medano either yeah that's i see and i appreciate jeff because now i have the official pronunciations and i hope you don't mind when i hit you up that's right my silliness as far as like okay how should i go about this because hockey and their pronunciations are wow i mean the fact that you're flawless at it i mean it's big time stick tap to you and uh thank you for all that you do Uh, I know Stars fans, when they take a step back and think about it, well, thank you as well, because you're just such a massive part of the in-game presentation, and we truly appreciate the uh,
2: time today. Go Stars, my man. All right, Gavin, appreciate the podcast, and uh, tell Sean we missed him, and uh, I look forward to (laughs) listening. I listen every week, buddy.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, Sean's my analytic guy, man, and uh, I just throw stuff out, and he hits home run after home run. He's you know he he he's awesome, and uh, like I said, we're spreading the good word about hockey. And uh, I'm so excited for uh, Stars fans to uh, hear you on this podcast.
2: One last thing, I'll let you go. Yeah. Sean Shapiro's got the book on hundred things you yes. need to know about the Dallas Stars before you die, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, uh, there is a, a chapter on uh, Jeff K being lowered on a stage with flames shooting all around him at the 2007 NHL All Star Game. Read that chapter. Really. And yeah, that's that's for our next podcast. Yeah, it was a ridiculous idea from the league. I thought it would be the dumbest thing in the world. It uh it turned out to be one of the coolest things you'd ever want to see on TV. Wow. That was the year Gary Bettman decided to have the All-Star game on a wednesday night or tuesday night we went up against american idol it was the least watched all-star game in history but <laughs> i looked cool coming down from the Raptors. and sean thought it was a neat story so he put it in his book do you have video or pictures of yes it? yes oh. there is a youtube video i will send you the link uh in fact uh, i will reply if this gets posted i'll reply to it there and, and folks
1: those are real albums if you're watching those are real in the background those are yep. Yes. Yes. We're talking about a, a guy that's been in radio for a long time, extremely successful on so many things. All right. We'll hear your Cowboys calls. We'll hear your stars calls. My man, look forward to having you back again. All right, Gavin, go stars, buddy. All right. And that's another Spitz and Suds one-timer right here.